0: Welcome back to the Abnormal Christian. My name is Brad Mason. I'm here again with my wonderful wife, Natasha Mason. Hello. She's over to the side. There she is. And we are back again with another good episode. Hopefully it's a good episode. Uh, I want to thank everybody so far for listening to the podcast. Um, It looks like September is going to be our biggest month of this year as far as uh, listens go. So if you've been listening to the podcast regularly, thank you very much for your time and attention. And uh, we would just ask that you would like and share it and subscribe on your favorite podcasting downloads website, whatever you use. Um, if you're using uh, Apple, you can uh, subscribe there. Uh, we've got a few people who follow us on Podbean as well. Um, and there's all the other different apps that you uh, you use to get the podcast. You can listen to it there as well. So uh, we're back today. Uh, we've gone over quite a few topics. I think this is episode number, it's going to be like 27, I believe. 26, 27, uh, I believe it's 27, but we're, we've been fortunate. We've been blessed by the Lord to have the opportunity to keep doing this and to continue on. So we're going to try and release an episode every Sunday and Thursday. So if you're looking for the days of when the podcast might be on check on Sunday and Thursday should be new episodes up every week. Hopefully. We're going to do our best. We're going to do our best. So yeah, when we go away on vacation or something. We might miss it then. But, um, so <clears throat> in this episode, we're going to really look at Christians Christians and in debt. Ooh, but that's big
1: in debt or and debt
0: in debt. Well, I mean, you could say and debt. Um, but really I think, uh, so backstory a little bit on all this is we have a, a large family. We've talked about it before. We have five children. Between us and um, so at, at one point, there were seven people living in this house, and uh, we really purchased the house that we 're in now based on the size of the house because we really needed something that was big. I had um,
1: not because we really liked it
0: no, not really <laughs> I, I think i I' have another home um, down the road from where we live, my mother lives there and um i really had it set in my mind that we <laughs> at some point all seven of us were going to live in this two-bedroom house <laughs>
1: two-bedroom one-bath house just yeah. as small as you could imagine <laughs> yeah, it
0: was it's re- it's a really small house it's worked out oh, well we're for we're gonna me. close in
1: the patio and we're gonna make
0: that up it's worked out fine. well for my mother yeah so uh i i, I we had done some work on the house before we decided yeah this is not going to happen so um, it would have been nice. We would have, you know, been able to save a lot more money that way, but, um, it really was just for the, our peace of mind, we needed a bigger home. So we got to looking around, we found a house that fit, you know, within our budget and was, um, kind of big enough for all of us. And so, you know, it was honestly the first house we looked at. Uh, I remember, yeah. we, mm-hmm. uh, we looked at this house and we looked at a bunch of others and we came back to this one. we prayed about it and came back to this one. Cause we felt like this was really kind of what the Lord was leading us to do. So uh as time rolls on just like everybody else out there we kind of uh you know you get you a car you um we've got a cat in the room now so we got a cat in the room um you get you a car you get you uh a few cars you you know with kids learning to drive and what in the world I don't know so, uh, we, we, uh, began to amass debt. Um, so Before you
1: even really know what's going on.
0: Yeah. yeah and you don't, honestly. I think you're just, you're just trying to get by. So you're not really, I mean, you know, I make X amount of dollars a month. So, um, if you're in America, this is what you do. Kind of, you make X amount of dollars a month and you know, you kind of make yourself a budget and this is how much I can spend and this is what I can put to the side. And so, um,
1: I think some people even struggle with that.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I think they do. I think unfortunately, what happens is, and the reason we wanted to talk about this is really uh, the bigger story here is um, this world is not our home. That's the bigger that's the bigger message in this episode. Um, yes, debt is the problem. and We're going to talk some about that, but really, it's um, it's being entrapped by what we see and by you know you used to hear the old phrase uh, keeping up with the Joneses, right? You're mm-hmm. trying to always. Your neighbors buy a new car, and you feel like your old car is well, not why good can't enough. I have a new car? Right, and so well, I'm going to go buy a new car, and I'm going to I'm going to get myself in more debt. Um, or you uh, you don't have the patience to save up money, so you wind up whipping out your credit card and and putting your Uh, whatever you wanted to buy, you know, and, and we do live, uh, especially in the United States of America, we live in a very consumer driven country. Um, Almost everything from everything we watch, everything, Uh, TVs, movies, uh, anything on the internet, YouTube, anywhere you go, there's always going to be a commercial or an ad trying to sell you something. And we don't like to believe that these things uh, influence us. But I think a lot of times they Mm -hmm. really do. Um, I know I've been, I'm a huge, you know, I I love to raise my hand up and shake it and be like, you're not going to fool me today. I'm not buying that. Um, and then I think when you, when it comes down to it, you look at it and you go, Ooh, I remember seeing that, that commercial for that newest cell phone. That's a thousand dollars. I think I need that. Right. So, uh, we, we really fall victim to that. And the real, the reality behind that, especially for Christians is, is that it is a, um, it becomes a burden. Um, And this is why I think the Bible tells us not to owe. We're not supposed to owe any man anything. We're not supposed to go in debt. We're not... Some of the principles in the Old Testament that talk about... um loaning money or, or letting someone have money or borrowing money is, is a non-interest type of a deal. There was not supposed to be any interest. In fact, in the uh, Hebraic culture every seven years there would be a forgiven a forgiveness of all debt. So after seven years if somebody hasn't paid you back there would be a forgiveness period where you would forgive all your debtors and this is you know this, this is part of the Lord's Prayer. You know, he's saying, mm-hmm. "Forgive us of our sins, as we forgive those who sin trespass against us." So it's really that idea of that we're we're constantly in a state of forgiving and helping. So when the church came together in the New Testament, um, the Bible says. Um, that they all came together and they brought all that they had, and then they divided it among themselves so that no one was without, right? So if they had a lot of money, they brought it, if they had whatever it was, food, they would bring it and they would split it. And then they would make sure nobody was hurting. Nobody was left out. Um, one of the things that really aggravated me for years, um, going to church would be, you know, the constant idea that we're, uh, we're asking for money we're we're taking an offering. We're, Getting up there and making sure people are hitting their ten percent and tithe, and um, and we're doing good work, right? The church is doing good work. We're sending it off to missionaries and we're sending it around the globe. But then you have little Miss Esmeralda sitting on the front row whose washer and dryer doesn't work, and we're not doing a thing for her. We're raising all this money, you know. So we've so we're really it's um. It's like, we don't want to be in debt, but we're not helping each other get out of it because I, it, it, the American culture, and I really can't speak for the rest of the world, but the American culture says you own your debt. It's, it's yours and your problem. Um, when we, we see a lot of people here who come from different places in the world and they start businesses and they buy, uh, they buy gas stations or they buy whatever it is. They buy a business and there'll be 20 people living in the house because mm-hmm. they look at they look at getting ahead as something their family's going to do. It's it's a it's a we're going to take care of this together.
1: Well, the more money that they can save here, they can send back. Yeah, that too. And it it goes further.
0: Yes, we have a lot of folks who come here um from Mexico who send money back home uh, to their families that are there and that's awesome. Um and, and it's the idea but it, but in the American culture it's almost well, that's too bad. That's yours. You don't make enough money. That's your fault. That's your problem. You don't, you don't, uh, your family's hungry. Well, you know, cousin, so-and-so needs to find a better job. You know, I mean, we just kind of, we relegate it to us.
1: Well, I think it's a very fine line that you have to walk between wanting to make sure everyone's taken care of and not being taken advantage of.
0: I, I agree. I agree. Um, I think as a Christian, we, um, I think we have have to to,
1: be good stewards.
0: Yes, we do. And at sometimes we have to walk on faith. Um, there's going to be the guy sitting on the corner of the road who has the sign that says he's hungry. And, you know, you've always got the people that drive by and don't give anything. And then you, you ask yourself, do I do that? Do I just drive by? Um, I like to think if I do give somebody something, I'm giving it to the Lord. If they decide to abuse it and use it for something else, God knows my intention, my heart. Right. So um, we are being good stewards of what God has given us. But really, this is what this episode is about. Are we really doing that? Because I think we are... Um, One thing you have to understand, if you're you're a believer and you're born again, the Bible makes it absolutely specifically clear that Christ has gone to prepare a place for you. And when he comes again, he will receive you unto himself. So uh, wherever he is, you can be there with him. The Bible says he's gone to prepare a place for you. Um, And it says this world that we live in is not our home. And I think the problem is a lot of times we wind up putting roots down. We we wind up... um, we wind up sinking our feet into the dirt and we don't want to move. And so, and by that we've put our hands, you know, the Bible said, you put your hands to the plow. We're plowing away in life and we're buying all these things and we're getting ourselves in debt and we're, we're building up this mountain of debt against us. And then when God needs us to do something, we can't do it. I'm not saying we can't do it, but we're afraid to do it because if I left my job today to go somewhere, what what would, what would happen to all my debt?
1: You're less hesitant to be able to Absolutely. step out in faith because you're scared.
0: Well, and you're, you're really not walking. You're not really working off of faith because, uh, you know— it Uh, faith is really evident when there's a lack of something, when you have everything you need, faith isn't really a necessity um, because you feel like, well, I've got all my stuff. Everything's paid. All my bills are taken care of. You know, I'm good this month. I'll be fine. I'm great. I'm doing good. Um, And you find that, and this is probably why when Jesus said he came, he came for the poor because those folks have nothing and their faith is more inclined to depend upon God for everything they have. The next meal they're going to eat the next place. They're going to sleep. And
1: well, at least for me, I think my motivation to want to get our debt paid down was so that we could do things for others because I've, I've told you um, and you and I both I think have, have felt that pull on our heart to do certain things you know if I'm sitting in the cafeteria and there's a guy playing a guitar and it's just something that tells me you need to get up and go put $20 in his thing and if I don't have it it's very easy to make excuses, and or even if if that was my last twenty dollars, would I be able, Would I still be as freely able to do what God is leading me to do? Because I think that's how people who don't know Christ see Him in everyday situations.
0: Right, right. I mean, I agree. I think the Lord gives us the opportunities to uh, touch people in a lot of ways, and financially, uh, He gives us the opportunity to help others. Um and
1: we really should be though the hands and the feet of of the Lord for people to see.
0: Sure, absolutely. Um, because we're we're the followers of Christ. Right? Well,
1: I mean, you know, when I used to wait tables back before I, I got a real job, um, nobody ever wanted to work on Sunday mornings yeah. or Sunday lunchtime because Christians were notorious. Don't get me st- don't
0: get me started for on for being Sundays. very
1: demanding and not wanting to leave much money. And yeah. so I I think in the world, people have that, that view of Christians sometimes. Well,
0: they can. And I think we're very, um, I know. So I grew up in, um, uh, independent fundamental Baptist and I'll call it out because they're all independent and they're fundamental and they're Baptist and there's no organization. They don't belong to a, uh, like the Southern Baptist convention. They don't, you know, um, so anyway, I grew up in that and I, and, there, and I saw a lot of that. I saw a lot of, um, they really were set on being divided from the world, come out from among them, so what the scripture says. So there's a real divide of coming out from among the world, but also it, it, sometimes, not all the time, because I know I have plenty of friends who are IFB who are, fu- who are fantastic, um, but occasionally you would see the person who would, um, it's almost like they were too good. You know, they were just, they didn't feel like the world was their home. They knew they were saved. They're just too good for everybody else around them. And it's not a bunch of people, but you'd see that you would see. And so you see it and I would see it, you know, I went to, um, the Christian missionary Alliance for a while and you would see it there. Um, it's almost rampant in the body of Christ, not just denomination, but it's, it's a problem that we have in the body of Christ. Um, we get these, we get our groups together, we get our churches, we get our denominations and we get our deacons in there and then there's squabbles over money and who's paying for what and we need to build you know we've got and we've talked about this we've got 20 people who come to our congregation that'll see 300 people but we need to build a bigger building right i mean it's just it's that being a good steward of of god's with god's money because that's what it is um and I, sometimes I think we just kind of fail in that area. I think we don't have a good plan. We don't have a good understanding. Um, I know when I when I was growing up, I got uh, in my early twenties, I got a credit card. Nobody ever told me anything about credit. Nobody ever told me anything about credit cards. And uh, it's easy, you know. Once you once you um, you don't have enough money to pay a light bill to put it on your credit card. Next thing you know, you don't have enough money to pay your credit card. So. It rolls into, it comes in a bigger problem. So for us, kind of what's going on um, the last uh, couple months, maybe... In five months. We've been working on a plan. We heard, uh, Dave Ramsey. Yeah. We heard a, uh, a little bit of his stuff, um, talking about getting out of debt and, and, you know, what it really means. And I, I think a lot of his is he wants to see people be more financially free, but at the same time, as a Christian, I want to be more, um, free to do what God wants me to do. I don't want to be burdened by, I mean, we've got to have a job. We know we're going to work. It's part of life. It's what you do, right? So me and Natasha both here, we're, we're, 40 hours a plus 40 hours plus a week um employees we have jobs and we work full time um but at the same time we would like to be able to do things that god wants us to do go where god wants us to go what does that mean i don't know some people are really scared of that when i was growing up you know uh from the time i was five to the time i think i was about 15 um we moved we moved every two years or more um i think we moved 15 different times i went to 15 different schools um we lived in we lived from north carolina to arizona uh, to New York, um, Kentucky, South Carolina. So we're all over the place. Right. And really chasing ministry, just doing what God wanted the family to do. And a lot of times I remember there were times when we had absolutely nothing. My, my parents didn't have money and it was, it's not anything against them. I don't, I talk about these, this to me, these are fond memories. I think a lot of people would think of growing up when you're poor and you don't have anything as, um, they would look at it and say, oh, that, that was just tough. You know, honestly, it was tough. But I think in, uh, one of the things you're going to hear me uh, if I get to talking about cult- culture is that we don't have enough tough times. We Tough times build character. They build resolve. They build determination. Um, but also tough times build faith. Uh, when you go through a hard time in your life and you don't have anything else to do but to lean upon the Lord – your faith begins to grow, you know, and I tell my kids all the time, I have seen the hand of God at work. This is why we talk about, you know, me and Natasha this past week, we were talking about, I don't understand how people can't see God. How do you deny that God exists? I can't do it. Uh, we talked about in one of our former episodes, people who walk away from the faith. I can't walk away from the faith because I've seen God's hand work in my life. I've seen him do things. Um, and so I want that I want that in my life. Now, I know that in order to have those things, sometimes it means you're going to have to go through rough patches because it's in the rough patches to where where I am made small and God is made large and you can really see what he's doing um and we go we're going through some of those now but we're we're actually seeing what God is doing we're seeing his hand moving um and and it's one of those awesome things but i think as a christian we don't want to be uh we don't want to be weighed down we don't want to be burdened by the world um this world honestly is not our home if you um you know i don't know if you if you've ever been to a situation uh i was recently in a situation to where i got to go somewhere um it was free Um, (laughs) and I just didn't, I didn't care. I I was there. I went, I went to watch a football game. I'll just be honest with you. I went to watch uh, wake forest in North Carolina, right? It was great to get, I got a free ticket to go see the game. It was great to have the free ticket. I, I appreciate that. i I can't say enough about how nice that was. Um, but at the same time, I didn't have an, a vested interest in the game. Um, I didn't care who scored a touchdown. I didn't care who was winning. I didn't, I just didn't care. I mean, I've watched football. I like football, but I just didn't care because I, I wasn't vested in either team. Um, and I think that's how we are when we're, we're walking in this world, right? We're believers. We're born again. We're walking in this world, but at a lot of times, I know for me, I just don't care about the newest cell phone. I don't care about the newest car i don't care about a lot of materialism and and those things because they're not i look and i go you know my friends are when i was growing up they'd be like hey let's you know they're going over to a club they're going to go do something they're going to go hear some music i don't care she knows i'm this way when it comes to even like christian music if it's a if it's a non-christian group i'm probably not going to listen to them because they don't care Right, right. So I think when we talk about our debt and our finances, we really have to we have to break things down into what's a necessity, um, and what is this gonna is this gonna inhibit me from serving the Lord? Uh, because if we really started looking at things that way, I think we would probably spend less money.
1: Well, I think if you start thinking about debt as chains around your neck, right, holding you down from being able to do and. I think one of the things when I was listening to Dave Ramsey and reading his book was, you know, live like no one else so that you can live like no one else. Right. And he has these very specific little baby steps you go through, but it's all working you towards being able to be free. And, I mean, you know, when you sit down and you think, what could I do with my money if I did not have debt? Yeah. I mean, just think how you could transform not just your own family's life, but your peripheral family's life and how you could give to other people.
0: Well, you know, I think we talked about, uh, I think in one of the episodes we went to a club, uh, maybe a year or two ago, we went to a Crowder concert and I really got aggravated. It's, it's a Christian concert. Crowder's is one of our absolute favorite. Uh, we love his music because his lyrics, I, the banjos and mm. stuff are awesome, but his lyric, his lyrical content is meaty and it's fantastic. Um, but anyway, so we were there. There were, um, I don't know, 1,100 people, something like that. I don't remember how many it was. But they were doing a um, they were doing a request for people to adopt a child in another country. I think it was going to be like $30 a month. And uh, they had a guy there. He told the stories of all these kids and how they're living in poverty and how you're $30. He had
1: adopted a couple of kids. Yeah. And, I mean, really, like, my, I started watering. I don't know about anybody else's. Right.
0: And you know he's we're, we've we've paid pretty decent amounts of money to see Crowder, and we weren't sitting in the greatest seats, um, but we were you know they wanted people to raise their hands. Who can give thirty dollars to help one of these kids a month? And it wasn't even a question in our mind because it, the Lord has provided for us. So you know I, I raised my hand, and I was absolutely stunned at how many people did not raise their hands. And I made that comment to Natasha. I said, you know, we paid more for these tickets than it would cost us to feed this kid for a couple months.
1: Yeah, because I, I think the tickets for both of us was like eighty some dollars, and right. then we went out to dinner before. So if you add all that, it's like three or four months we could.
0: Yeah, and and you know, when you start thinking about stuff like that, and you think about it's it's wonderful in in America, it, we do have those wonderful opportunities to to go out and spend money like that sometimes. But that's not always the best thing to do with your money. And I think, you know, once once we looked at it, it's like, you know, we, we get letters from this kid just about every right. two months or so and an update on how he's doing. And, you know, and it's fantastic because we're able to help change somebody's life somewhere else for a small amount of money every month. And I'm not trying to boost their business, but, I mean, there are people out there who are needy. Um, I know I've been using a couple for uh, many years to donate money to to feed people uh currently i give to uh open doors usa they do uh bibles they sneak bibles into countries where bibles have been banned or christianity is a threat um and i'm a real big fan of that because i I like the idea that we're going into the world we're spreading the gospel and they're they're taking it to places that it is desperately needed um
1: or they can die for their faith, basically. Right.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're living in another part of the world, I know we've got people who listen all over the place, um, and maybe you're not, you know, at the same. You don't have the same opportunities we have here. Um, God, you know, he he can use you wherever you are with whatever you have. Um, one of my favorite uh, authors was a man called Watchman Nee, um, but he was uh, he was back in the um, I want to say 1940s in China when communism came to China. Um, and socialism showed up on the scene. One of the first things they wanted to do was get rid of religion because they find religion offensive, which is very scary in America because we have a lot of pop politicians who want to become our current president. They want to be the new president in 2020 and socialism is what they're screaming. Um, one of the first thing the Chinese did was come in and, and throw people in jail who were religious because they wanted to get rid of that. They saw it as a problem anyway. So Watchman nee, I remember reading a story about Watchman E. Nee one time he was supposed to go on a boat and go to England, um, for a conference, a pastor's conference. And I think it was, it was something like $35 for the boat ride. Um, he went down to the dock to get on a boat, and there was somebody there. There was a woman he knew who was there, and she was begging for food because she had no money. She had kids that she needed to feed, and um, he wound up giving his money. He wound up giving that $35 to the the poor woman who was there, and uh, somebody who was with him said, Brother, how are you going to get to England? You're, you're expected to this conference, you know, and uh, he said, I'm going to rely upon the Lord, and uh, something happened. There was something that went and transpired, but somebody on the boat came off and gave him a ticket, and said, here, you know, uh, you, you need this more than I do. And so he got on the boat and he went to England. God provided for him in his time of need. And these stories happen all the time. Um, that's just an old story from that. I do remember because I, I like that guy so much, but these stories happen all the time of when, uh, people are in need and God provides a way. I heard, um, on the radio the other morning, I told you about that. The woman who called in, she said she was at the store buying school supplies for her kids. Um, and some lady walked up to her and just handed her money and said, Hey, the Lord, told me to give this to you. And she's like, Huh? And the lady said, Yeah, I don't know why, but the Lord wants me to give you this money to help you with school supplies. And the lady said, Well, my husband's in prison and I have three children. I didn't know how I was gonna pay for this, you know, and so she she gave her money to this other person. You know, and so when we talk about getting out of debt. That's what we're talking about. We're not talking about getting out of debt so that we can, uh, we would love to retire early. Everybody would, but you know, not going and sitting on the beach and, and hanging out and just ignoring the world. What we want to do and what we would like, you know, if you're a listener, really set yourself up for get a, get a plan going of how you want to progress to get out of this if you're in any kind of a debt set up a plan to how to get out of it because um, the sooner you get out of that the more of that is is free money that you have available to do the work of the Lord if the Lord needs you to do something if he needs you to give to somebody even if you are in debt and the Lord asks you to give money I always encourage people to give it because God will give it back to you and he'll give it to you tenfold if he wants you to do something he's going to give it back to you Um, there was years ago I remember I was uh, used to go with my brother snowboarding every occasionally, and I'd saved up some money. And, um, I remember the Lord wanted me to give it to this church I was going to, and it was all the money that I had to go. And I was like, ah, you know, this is is a couple couple hundred dollars. I mean, what are we going to do? So I, I, anyway, I went ahead and gave it. And, uh, that was on Sunday. And by Friday I had gotten all that back in some off of just a random check in the mail, which was crazy. Um, but that's what we do. That's what God does for us. Even if God, you know, if you've got, a and this, it even gets down to this. If you've got a sandwich to eat and you see someone who doesn't have anything to eat and you split it with them, you're doing the work of the Lord. It, it doesn't have to be, you know, uh, I think with the beggar who was laid at the gate and he was begging for alms and the disciples walked by and they said, Of silver and gold have a nun, they didn't have any money to give him, but uh, such as I have give I thee." And they told him to stand up in the name of Jesus. And he walked. And so, you know, it doesn't always, it, the financial debt is a lot of different things. Um, that's our daughter. So debt is a lot of different things and it comes in a lot of different ways and financial debt can burden your life down. Um, so really, you know, we're trying, I think we're trying, right? Yes. We're trying. We're trying to get out of it. So we're trying to uh, be a little more frugal with, with how we spend money and how we pay things off. And, and it's actually opened up some more opportunities for us, which we're glad we went ahead and did some things. Um, but it's just relying upon the Lord to give us wisdom how to use it. So um, really look at that. And that's really kind of what we encourage people in this episode is to think about how you can, uh, you know, maybe you can start doing a little bit more for the Lord if if, you're po- if it's possible. Find a, a good group. Like I said, one of the good groups is Open Doors USA. Uh, who's the group with the
1: uh... child fund?
0: That yeah, might be a child fund. Um, I know there are a couple different uh, ministries online. There's um, Feed My Children. I used to use that one for a long time. Uh, but you can. it's easy to Google online and find somebody. Um, really, especially if you're... Um, if you find yourself in a place in the world to where you're not happy with your life, you're not happy with what's going on, you're depressed and you're you're down, one of the best things you can do is take care of somebody else. That's always going to be one of the best things you can do. Um, so my advice is, you know, find somebody. If you're in a church, go find someone in the church that could use your help on the weekends, an elderly person, whatever you have to do, you know. Um, because these are the things we have to, we have to get the hands and feet of God moving um,
1: I think there's more though than, than just giving ten percent.
0: Oh, absolutely. I think a lot
1: of times people do that real, you know, faithfully, and, but they they see that as they've done their duty. Yeah. And they kind of leave it there.
0: Well, and I think to me, and and everybody has their own. Um... Uh, theological position on how much money you should give. Um, I think there is a passing in the Old Testament from the 10% to 100%. I think everything, um, everything that we are, everything that who we are as as believers has been crucified with Christ. It's not I that live, but Christ within me. And everything that I am and everything that I have, 100% of it is his, right? It should be God's. And I think if we're dividing things up into this is God's part and this is my part, then we're really keeping ourselves from understanding what it means to have that full giving relationship with God to where I've given everything of me and you can use whatever you want anytime you want. You know, I mean, we really build those. And I understand that that hard 10% helps people build a budget. That's good. Don't get me wrong. But don't ever set yourself at this is all I'm giving this is it. This is your 10%. Okay. I'm good. Cause that is not the attitude. I think the Lord wants us to have. I think he, he, he would rather us, you know, I think it's just kind of aggravating.
1: Well, uh, you've told me this in the past that whenever, if, the Lord lays on your heart to do something and you don't do it.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, and you know, the Bible says it to, to him that sees good and doesn't do it. It's a sin. So if I know that there's something that God has put in my path, if I know there's someone that needs help and I know it's a good thing to do and I do not do it, that's a sin. I mean, if you know that there's something good to do and you should do it and you turn your eye the other way, you're sinning against the Lord because he's put something there for you. And you don't people. I think a lot of opportunities. Listen, you can be a blessing to someone else also in that blessing to someone else, God can bless you. It's, it's this, um, this give and takes, you know, Well,
1: my mom has this saying, and she would say it all the time. Don't rob me of a blessing.
0: Right. My mom would say that too. She would, you know, give me money and she would say, this is the, don't rob me of my blessing. This is, this is what I'm doing. So I think, um, I think we really got to look at more of more of that and less of my needs. What do I need? What do I want? Um, because once we really filter those things out, we really, I think we've got to get our, you know, the Bible says to, um, to lay your treasures up in heaven because that's, that's the eternal part. That's the part that's going to last. Um, so if you're listening to the podcast and you've got new everything, go sell it all. I'm just kidding. Um, just, you know, really, if you, if you're praying about it, the Lord's going to deliver. If you're in a, if you're in a poor country, if you, if listen, if you're, you don't know how you're going to eat a meal tomorrow and you don't know how you're going to make it another day, I promise you that God has not forgotten you and, uh, his word is faithful and true. Um, it, it doesn't matter where we're at in our lives. There are people who, one of the things real quick, we're going to hit real quick before we, we end the podcast is the false gospel of prosperity is telling people that, um, God wants your best life at this very moment right now, right? God wants your best moment right now. But you got to remember that all those disciples, every one of them, with the exception of John, cause they tried to boil him in oil. Every one of those disciples died a horrible death. They did not die sitting on the throne of gold. They did not die millionaires. They did not die rich. They died rich in the kingdom of God, but they did not die in this world as being a superstar. And so all these people that are out here pushing this gospel around telling you you're going to get rich quick and God wants you to be rich have completely missed the idea that suffering, this life of following up to Christ is going to cost you something sometimes. So if you're in a country where they're they're persecuting Christians, I just encourage you to keep faithful, stay true, run the race, and God will reward you and he's going to bless you and you might not ever have anything in this life. We might lose everything we have tomorrow. But we know that as long as we have Jesus, we've got everything we ever needed. Amen. Amen. All right. So that's been it for this episode. And we will catch you again. Please listen. Please share. Um, Visit us on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, all those places. You can email us at bfmason761 at hotmail.com. If you would like to leave some comments, do that. If you'd like to leave some questions. If you'd like us to talk about something on another episode, uh, go ahead and send that along. But from now, uh, we'll catch you later. And we appreciate you for listening.
1: Bye.